0: Welcome in episode 36 of the PrintFest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bandy. We're here to break down our week six DraftKings main slate cash game lineups. Scott, how was your week six?
1: I got back on the right track. You know, we made some money this week. Finally, it had to end someplace with a four-week skid. But, um, you know, felt pretty good about this week going in. It was Lineup construction, I thought, was pretty straightforward. It's just about choosing the right guys. Thankfully, we did, and you know, we made some money.
0: Yeah, so we both ended up splitting um, with what we went with this week. So we both played this lineup here on the right of Heineke, uh, Darrell Henderson, Daryl Williams, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, RSJ, Cream Hunt, and Browns D. Um, and then we also played a separate lineup where we had a two v two. But the main thing is we both played Cooper Cup in both of our lineups, and um, he scored 37 points. So, I mean, it was beautiful. Just just beautiful. Cooper Cup basically took us where we needed to go. The line of cash was uh, around 133, 135, around that range. Um, and this lineup with Heineken McLaurin still put up 137. My other lineup scored 156. What did your other lineup put up? Uh, my other,
1: other lineup. 2v2 for me was T. Higgins and Browns, I believe. And I have
0: 141. Okay. Yeah, so that one was still there too. So, um, yeah, absolutely solid day. So let's just start at quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think we talked about it on Friday. There was basically two quarterbacks that were in play. These were the two highest-owned quarterbacks in the slate, Lamar Jackson and Taylor Heineke. Um, they both ended up shitting the bed. Uh, but they were the two highest end quarterbacks on the slate. Um, yeah, I think Lamar ran pretty bad. Like, they blew the doors off of the charges and he what did he not even score a touchdown, um, but 13.78. Uh, so um still had like 50 rushing yards. I I feel perfectly fine about Lamar. And I'll probably be going back to him next week because he's the same price.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he threw one touchdown to Andrews, but he really did run bad. Like all three of the dusty ass. Ravens running back scored. Le'Veon Bell scored. Devontae Freeman scored. And Latavius Murray scored. And honestly, they just had their way with the Chargers defense. We've talked about it before. The Chargers just want you. They they literally ask you to run against them. The Ravens are the wrong team to say that to. Um, Regardless of who they have in the backfield, they're just going to run down your throat. And the Chargers end up paying the price for it. Lamar didn't have to do much with the air. So we did run bad. Uh, The Charters just did little to nothing in this game at all. So it just ran bad. And then Heineke, I don't know what the hell happened to Heineke. I don't know how he imploded like this against this Kansas City defense. I said previously in the week that I thought it would be impossible for him to, to, you know, not succeed outside of injury. But I don't know what the hell happened here. 39 attempts for 182 yards is just putrid. I mean, that is
0: so bad, like – yeah, and he had no rushing yards either, which was totally odd because he's had a decent rushing floor, averaging twenty-five rushing yards per game this year. So, um, yeah, having not even getting the rushing floor from him at all. Yeah, I mean, ten points obviously not what you wanted, and we know Heineke's not a good player. It was all matchup-based. You know, right. we know he's a he's a career backup. Um, you know, but he had solid games so far this year. I mean, he had he had twenty-three points against Buffalo, He's the best defense in the league. Um. You know, he's had some nice matchups here with with Atlanta and with the Giants, blew the doors off them. So, um, yeah, 5,800, uh, I would play him again in that spot. Um, I think the biggest thing with playing Heineke and McLaurin is we wanted uh, to get exposure to Terry McLaurin. So, like, we knew that, you know, he was going to be an awesome play until Friday when we saw that he had a hamstring injury and he didn't practice. So that kind of took me off of him. But then you know we got the Shefty bombs on Saturday night and comes in always expected to play, um, and so you know I, I was leaning towards this lineup on the left, and then I was like, oh, well, I, I got to get exposure to Terry McLaurin. He's seventy-one hundred. It's against the worst defense in the NFL. Like this is going to be a blob spot for him, um, and he ended up playing. I believe he ran a route on thirty-eight of um, of Taylor Heineke's thirty-nine dropbacks. So he was out there. I mean, he was doing wind sprints. And um, it's kind of is what it is, you know.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. We we completely fading to Harry McLaurin in the spot was scary. He ended up not being nearly as chalky as we thought because it seemed like a lot of people got off of him due to the, the hamstring. And that's the one injury that is, like, really, really scary when you're rolling a guy out there. if He's got a messed up hammy. I think he ended up being around, you know, 17%, I think. Right. If yeah. I'm remembering correctly. Yep. And so, basically, we just split because we wanted to have some kind of, you know, avenue to, to a Terry McLaurin-feeling game. Uh, it's worth mentioning, like, he had 159 air yards and eight targets in this game, which is pretty solid. If you're going to tell me we're going to get that for Terry McLaurin this week, you're going to slot him out there. So, we kind of ran bad here. You know, he just couldn't connect with Heineke this week. But, you know, regardless, it still ended up working out. But uh, that was really just the game theory behind our split this week.
0: Right. And I typically don't like this split, um, but it, sometimes it makes sense when you, we, when you really want to get exposure to certain guys, um, you, you can't play everybody in one lineup. It's only nine guys you can play in one lineup. So. Um,
1: and, and it was scary to roll a hundred percent Terry McLaurin because if he, if he tweaks that hamstring mid game, your slate's over. Yeah. Um, so that's really what it was. We just, you know, we wanted avenues to that ceiling performance, but we also wanted to protect ourselves uh, in case of a re-injury, so that was really why was yeah, 50-50 there.
0: And I thought there was a chance that both lineups end up getting there, and they both end up getting there, so it was fine. Um, so moving over to running back, um, we went up going with Kareem Hunt. He was the biggest chalk on the slate, 62% owned. He ended up getting hurt in this game, kind of underperformed. only scored 10.8 points, whatever. I mean, you know, Kareem Hunt without Nick Chubb is an auto play every time, um, so uh, I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he still had three receptions, you know, 6-6 six, six rushing yards, whatever. The Browns, they kind of stunk in this game. And we knew there was some kind of avenue for him not to perform. They had a banged-up center. Both their tackles were out. The Cardinals defense isn't disgustingly bad, even though they've been pretty bad on a per-touch basis to running backs. But, like, a 6-200 with no chub, like, I just don't – I don't care what the outcome was. You just had to play because just the workload that he's going to see – it's just that price tag, like he was easily the best player on the slate.
0: Yep. So Daryl Henderson was our other um running back here. And and so if Daryl Henderson, he was like 48% owned. Just he was the second highest in running back on the slate, scored 24.7 points. I mean, scored a couple of touchdowns, had a receiving touchdown. I mean, the, the Rams are just throttling the Giants all day long. And and Daryl Henderson is he's a bell cow as long as he doesn't get hurt. Isabel Calson Michelle is is relegated to backup. He's just mop up duty. Um, yeah, Henderson is a total beast. He was t- way too cheap at six k. He was a he was locked in from from day one when when this slate came out. I was like, all right, Henderson six k, let's go. Giant stink.
1: it was out there for eighty one percent of the snaps. <laughs> we talked about it on Friday. They were ten point favorites against a bad defense that's a perfect spot for a running back. And especially at 6K, the Rams might be the best offense in the league as well. Like they really might be, they gotta be at least top three. Um, so he was just a lock all week.
0: Absolutely. And then let's go over our decision to play uh, Daryl Williams over Khalil Herbert. Cause Khalil Herbert was the third highest known running back on the slate at 45%. Daryl Williams was, uh, I believe the sixth highest owned running back on the slate at 14.7% uh, in double up. So, um, this was a big decision that a lot of people had to go over. So, Khalil Herbert was 4,600 uh, as a big dog, seven point dog taking on Green Bay. And Darrell Williams was um, 4,900. So, $300 more expensive, uh, which really didn't matter on this slate. I mean, defense is kind of whatever. Um, so, basically the same price and as a 10 point favorite, you know, against Washington or whatever they were favored. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't 10. It was like seven-point favorites um, against Washington. So typically we like running backs when they're home and favored. Um, Darrell Williams was not at home, but he was favored. He was attached to the best offense in the NFL. Um, he ended up scoring a touchdown on the first drive. I believe he already had like nine points at the first drive. And <laughs> Herbert also did score a touchdown on the first drive as well. Herbert was a good play. He really was. He ended up scoring 19.2 at 4,600. People who played him should be happy with him. Um, but Darrell Williams at – 4,900, end up putting up 23.9, scored twice. And that's just kind of the, you can come to expect on a guy that's going to be the lead running back for the Chiefs. He played, like, what, 75% of the snaps. He was their lead running back. If you're lead running back for the best offense in the league, you're going to perform. You're going to have touchdown expectation. And I definitely prefer Darrell Williams to Khalil Herbert, um, but it seems like the field did not. They, they definitely preferred Khalil Herbert, and we were in the minority there. And we end up getting the, the, the right pick there. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that situation?
1: Yeah, I thought, obviously, both of these guys were pretty solid plays in their price tags. But for me, well, I'm thinking through who I want to go to war with. Do I want to go to war with a team that is a seven-point dog with Matt Nagy at head coach, with Justin Fields at quarterback and they refuse to throw? No. When I have a guy who's $300, you know, more expensive, who's still an amazing value, he's going to be the lead back on a team quarterback by Patrick Mahomes. They were seven and a half point favorites against a terrible defense. Their head coach is Andy Reid. And he's going to catch passes. Like, I don't know. For me, it was pretty cut and dry that Daryl was the better play. Um, Just better offense. (laughs) the implied total for the bears was like 19 chiefs had a 31 implied total. So you got that better coach, better game environment, playing the worst defense. Like I thought everything just added up for Daryl to be a better play than Herbert. And I thought they were both fine. And I did have some back and forth, but I ended up on Daryl for those reasons. And I don't know. I just thought it was pretty clear that he was just a better, he had better outlook for the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was a close decision. Um, but I'm happy with the decision to roll with Darrell, regardless of the, of the result. And, you know, obviously the result was in our favor in that decision. So wide receiver, uh, the first guy I went with is Cooper cup. And, you know, he put up 37, the highest scoring wide receiver on the slate. He's done this multiple times now, you know, he came into the week not having a game of less than double digit targets. Again, he went for nine, one thirty, and two on twelve targets. It, it, he's just, he's just an absolute beast. And I think we have to talk through the decision of playing Cooper Cup over Devontae Adams because Cooper Cup was eleven hundred dollars cheaper at seventy nine hundred when Devontae Adams was up at nine k. Um, you know, Adams has a slightly higher target share um, than Cooper Cup, but in terms of raw targets, they're really similar. Just because the Rams throw more than the Packers do, and they play at a faster pace than the Packers do. Um, So I thought the target expectation was going to be pretty similar to Devontae Adams. And the matchup was a little bit better here, taking on the Giants. Um, For the $1,100 discount, I thought Cooper Cup was a better play than Adams. And they were both 24% owned in these double ups. So um, Adams scored 12.9, Cooper Cup scored 37. We were on the right side. Um, And that's one of the main reasons that we smashed this week.
1: Yeah, for me, above all else, it was just the eleven hundred dollars in salary or twelve hundred, whatever it was. Um, he just made things fit better in my lineup, especially if I wanted to go with Lamar. It was hard for me to fit Lamar and Adams in a lineup that I felt pretty strong about. Um, so being able to move him down got me in an area where I could, you know, I thought the Browns defense was pretty strong. Clearly I was wrong about that. And, you know, the, the sub five K range with receiver was just hard. So it allowed me to get up to T Higgins in my Lamar lineup. And then obviously the, the two V two swap with Heineke and McLaurin was that just ended up fitting. But yeah, I mean, the Rams had a better implied total, a better matchup. Um, You know, the giant's defense is far worse than the bears defense. We know what the bears want to do in offense. They just want to, just grind the clock out with freaking Matt Nagy, dude. All he wants to do is run, 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 run. He literally could not care about actually attempting to win a football game. Um, so just the pace of playing that game was terrible. Uh, Green Bay had a worse implied total, just a worse game environment in general. And Cooper Cup, he's just a total alpha. Like, I don't think he's that different from Devontae Adams right now. Like, it's just week in, week out, 10-plus targets. He's locked into red zone usage. He's the clear alpha receiver on that team. It was another, you know, relatively dubbed game from Robert Woods outside of the touchdown he scored. I think he only had two receptions this game and five targets. So moving forward, I just, I really think we have to, start, have to start viewing Cooper Cup more in that range with Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill because he's, it's really not different at all at this point.
0: And his connection with Matt Stafford is evident. I mean, these guys. The breakfast narrative is is in full force. <laughs> um, so yeah, Cooper Cup was an awesome play, and he was one of the main reasons that we smashed this week. So we love Cooper Cup. We end up going with Keenan Allen. Uh, you know he had double-digit points again. He's had double-digit points in every game. Uh, you know, so he has a nice floor. But the problem is he's been hitting so many floor games in a row here. He has yet to really hit a ceiling game. Isn't really um, is scoring touchdowns at all. But you know, you know, process wise, I think taking on Baltimore, you know, they're a pretty average pass defense at this rate. I mean, they're not they're not the defense that they used to be. And I love attaching my wide receivers to an elite quarterback. Justin Herbert is absolutely a beast. He had a shitty game. The entire Chargers team had a terrible game. And getting down still ended up having 10 points. So he didn't completely crush us um at sixty four hundred. Obviously, not what you want. You want more in the range of eighteen, nineteen points at that price, but the 10 points didn't absolutely kill us. And I was fine with Keenan because he's another guy who's a total target haul, gets 10 targets a game. Um, you know, his eight out is just not, you know, what it used to be. His dots around eight yards now. So um, he needs to get that volume to really pay off.
1: Yeah, I texted you on Sunday. I literally texted you and said, Keenan Allen only goes off if I don't play it. If I fake Keenan Allen, he has nine for 112 and a touchdown in this game. Like, I swear to God. Mm-hmm. like. He had 5.2 ADOT in this game. That's just disgusting. Only five targets in a game, but they got blown to shreds. I don't understand where the, how he only saw five targets in this game. Um, God, I just can't get Keenan Allen right. I literally just can't do it. Every single freaking time I play this dude, he just is mediocre. But it's hard not to play him because he's still Keenan Allen. He still has a great target, share. But I just wish he would pay off for me at some point.
0: <laughs> I know. I know because he keeps getting the targets and he's just um, maybe he's dust. I don't know, but he doesn't look dust though. I mean, watching the games, like he, he's still running solid routes he's making great catches. I mean, it's just um, it'll work out for him eventually. He's still, like I said, he still has double digit points in every game. He's got a nice floor. Um, he's in an elite offense. He's eventually going to hit for some ceiling games here. I think that that's just kind of the way it goes. It's kind of how variance rolls and he's going to be fine in the, in the long run for the whole season. So, you end up going with T. Higgins, um, and I end up going with Brandon Cooks. And so, I'll talk through the Brandon Cooks play. You know, Brandon Cooks has major splits in domes compared to outside of domes. um, Taking on Indianapolis, and, you know, the only issue that Brandon Cooks has is Davis Mills. Outside of that, I mean, he has a massive, massive target share. He's got like a 34% target share on the year, Um, and he's taking on a terrible – Terrible Indianapolis defense that was like 30th DVOA against the pass. So um I-, I loved Brandon Cooks in the spot. I thought this was a-, a chance for him to truly explode. He ended up putting up, um I believe, like, what, nine for 89 um, and had 17.9 points. Didn't get into the box, but scoring damn near 18 points without getting into the box is pretty, pretty solid at 6K. Um, Or no, he was 5,800. So uh, I-, I felt great about the Brandon Cooks play. You want to talk through T. Higgins? Yeah, I just
1: thought T. Higgins was just way underpriced. I just thought he had no business being cheaper than Tyler Bullard. He was 5,300, you know, against a a bad defense. Um, The interesting thing with T. Higgins, he he didn't end up getting there, but he only played 57% of the snaps. Uh, He's had six targets. That was 20% of the team target share. Uh, but I don't know what's going on with his snaps last week. Maybe they were just coming slow with him off the injury. I I really don't know. But, um, yeah, I just thought T. Higgins was just too cheap. It fit with my Lamar build perfectly. Um, I will say that I definitely overlooked Brandon Cooks a little bit. I got scared off by Davis Mills. That is really the only problem I saw with Brandon Cooks in that spot. I mean, Andy's defense is not good. He's killed them. Like you said, the dome splits is just, uh, just so difficult to trust Davis Mills. Um, but you know, Cooks is clearly the correct play. I think what was our two our two v2 is Cooks and Lions versus Higgins and Browns. Right. Browns defense just got pommeled. Like, holy crap. No, I, I thought close. with I thought with Kingsbury out and you know Kyler potentially being a little bit banged up that maybe the Browns could get they're obviously one of the best uh teams are getting pressure on the quarterback in the league, but man, they got trucked. Um so didn't get there, but thankfully, you know, the combination of you know Henderson and Darrell Williams and Cooper Cup that helped get me there regardless.
0: Yep. So tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones, he was the total chalk. He was like 57% owned. So I saw some blinds where people did play Ricky Seals-Jones and Travis Kelsey. Um, that was not the route I was going on this slate. I thought running back value was just too strong that you had to play all three running backs um, this week. I, I don't think that, rolling with RSJ and Kelsey was to play. And I was definitely not going to play RSJ, even though Kelsey was underpriced at 7K. I mean, RSJ, Jesus. I mean, he played 100% of the snaps this week, um, you know, at 3K. And he had been playing, you know, 99% of the snaps. He's out there. He had a 15% target share in this game. He had six targets. He got into the box. 15.8 points from a guy who's 3K is a total... Total smash. And I feel great about the process of it. And next week, it's even better. He's only 3,700. So I'm going to play him again. I mean, this, this, why is he so cheap? He's getting the same exact usage as Logan Thomas, and he's probably just about as good as Logan Thomas. So I'm just going to keep playing him until he's over 4K because he's, he's getting top five tight end usage and just keep playing him.
1: Yeah. I don't know. They still haven't priced this dude up.
0: Even that, even despite him
1: smashing his, Price and at ownership, that was like what 56% or something like that. Yeah, he like thought he would have been priced something more than 37 so he must have just slid under the rug in their algorithm. But yeah, like we talked a 3K, he played 100% of the snaps. He, I, I, they don't, I don't see data on how many routes he ran, but probably 85 90% of dropbacks, if I were to guess. Um, yeah, I still don't know, like, I thought these running back plays were too high priority to slide Kelsey and RSJ in. I just – I didn't want to – so I didn't want to fade Henderson, Cream Hunt, or Jonathan Taylor. I ended up fading one to get Darrell Williams in because I thought he was a good value play. So I ended up fading Jonathan Taylor. There's no way I was going to fade two of them to put Kelsey in and for a double tight end build. So uh, Kelsey's always in play. He's way too cheap last week, but that's just not the route that I saw myself going this week.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. And then defense, I mean, who really cares? Uh, I ended up going with Lions defense. You went with Browns. uh, In the Heineken lineup, we had the Browns. um, You know, at home, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of Arizona, was out. Uh, This game was supposed to be windy. I guess it wasn't windy at all. Um, The Browns are a pretty decent defense. They got fucking smoked. It is what it is. This is why you don't pay up for defense. We didn't really pay up. I mean, they were 2,600. But this is why we always punt it off, because – it just—it's so volatile. It's so—it's hard to predict. You just punt it off with the best, with the cheapest viable defense. That's kind of the way you go. Defense is whatever. Um, but yeah, um, I just checked on target shares, and Cooper Cup this week had a forty percent target share, um, and he had fifty-two percent of the team's air yards. <laughs> with it, it's there's a reason that he's going off like this because when you get forty percent of the targets and fifty-two percent of the air yards in an offense that scores 38 points, you're going to absolutely shred. Um, So this is just an elite offense. He's an elite player. He's really elevated. He's, he never used to be, I mean, he used to be like a 24, 25% target share guy. He's really elevated um, his game. And I mean, on the season, I mean, what's his target share up to? He's up to 34% on the season. So um, Devontae Adams up to 36%. So he's right there. He's right there with these with these top guys. So
1: Yeah, I, I, honest to God, I don't see this changing either. I, I just think this we're is- We're six weeks in.
0: Up. We're six weeks in and he's still, he's getting the same target share that he's gotten week mm-hmm. one. So, um, you know, typically with the way I like to look at data is I look at the uh, the last five weeks rolling. And so, you know, the last five weeks, you know, he's averaging, uh, including this week, he's averaging 33.5% of the targets. That to me, that's when numbers start to stabilize. Um, since he's a five-week rolling average the rest of the way. Um, so for next week, I'll use from weeks two to week six. And I mean, he's third in the NFL entire trade. Devontae Adams is 39.9%. Brandon Cook's 35.5 and Cooper Cup 335 So um, yeah, Cooper Cup's a boss. He was an awesome play. People who played Devontae Adams over him got what they rightly deserved. Um <laughs> And, and we profited. So, anything else to touch on on this slate? Um,
1: Terry McLaurin hurt my feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah. Big
1: time. He it hurt my tough. feelings. I was, I was live in a GPP, and all I needed was a freaking Taylor, Taylor Terry McLaurin to do anything. Even freaking Robbie Anderson got in the box for me at the end of that game. Terry McLaurin was my lowest scoring player on the team. Man, if he would have scored or done anything – I might be a little
0: happier today. But, yeah, he heard my feelings. So did Taylor Heineke. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when you trust Washington players. Uh, you know, they bone you. So, but with that, that's going to do it for episode 36 of the podcast. We're going to be back on Friday, breaking down week seven. Can't believe it's already week seven. Um, but we'll be back on Friday, breaking down the week seven draft Main slate. And until then, you'll play some showdown. Good luck, everybody.